You're listening to a pod of Mass and Methods. have to say i'm on a reread of crescent city yeah because the next book is coming out in february Mm -hmm. and i was like Mm -hmm. i just gotta reread the first two first because you can't just read one sarah jates math series at a time no that's not enough no no no. you have to be (laughs) simultaneously tandem reading all three so it's problematic but anyway i was just thinking about how much i love bryce like i think she's great and i will never love anyone more than i love feyre but I think that Bryce Quinlan is definitely the best written heroine in a Sarah mm. J. Mass series. Okay. So I'm excited for us to eventually get to that. <laughs> uh, How many books away is that? Uh, well, I think we do this and then that. All right. And then Throne of Glass. Because I know the chronological order of this and Crescent City. Mm-hmm. I don't know where Throne of Glass is. Okay. We're just going wild. We're gonna we're just going off the off the handle here. Mm. But Marjorie, you know nothing of Bryce, and I hope one day you meet her. But until then, welcome to the pod of Mass and Methods. I'm Allie. I'm a fantasy romance reader, and I love Sarah J. Mass's writing, and I've read it all. And I'm Marjorie. I'm a librarian. I'm a writer. I'm a huge reader. But uh, this podcast is the first time I have picked up anything by Sarah J. Mass, and I bring all of my uh, book nerd energy uh, to analyzing it. And welcome. And we're sisters. It's oh, cute. It is cute. It is cute that we're sisters. Yeah. Welcome mm-hmm. to, to our pod mast. Mast. Our pod mast. Yeah. I finally figured out why it has a T last week. I know. And now we can actually do our wonderful intro. I think we've really got it. We've okay. got it down. Well, we didn't say what chapters this cha- uh, oh, podcast yeah. is covering yet. That's important. 17 to 20. 17 to 20. And I've got to say, I've got to say, I gave you a little clue during the week, but I've got to say this week, these chapters are some good chapters you're gonna have significantly less bitching for me this <laughs> week because now i've got things to say about the story um yeah i i think <laughs> this is this set of chapters is where the wheels really get a churning mm-hmm. um i love them we're I, just almost almost halfway through yes and i love the chapter we start in i love the mm. last line of the last chapter 20 so i am just like blown away so i hope you're reading along with us and uh let's do our five sentence summary i start this week oh no i don't know you start this week. i always forget you start, start this i week. start i start you start i start Feyre is awakened at night by uh a injured fairy being brought into the mansion house castle thing and then to ease her struggling from that moment Tamlin takes her on a field trip to a lake where there's some romanticizing happening. And then we learn all about all the characters' daddy problems. And then there's, we're on the last last sentence, Mm -hmm. and then Fire Night happens 
and fair is not supposed to go, but you wouldn't be the protagonist of a story if you didn't go to the thing you're not supposed to go to. So she goes and drama. That's the run on sentence. Girl, come at me. <laughs> that is a run on there, sentence. I just had a few like parentheses and some like M dashes in there to um, make notes. There's like a, a footnote in there about protagonists. So yeah, Pharaoh was not invited to this party. No, it's her party. It's definitely not. And she can cry <laughs> if she wants to. Okay, so let's get going. I'm chapter 17. Chapter 17. And I named it General Hospital. Oh, I named it. So this was sad. Oh, uh, <laughs> distressing. Oh, it is this heartbreaking. My God. A heartbreaking chapter. Mm, All right. Mm. So let me give you the brief summary. Mm-hmm. Pharaoh wakes up middle of the night, commotion downstairs. She has to confront a scene with a brutalized fairy mm-hmm. who is mm-hmm. going to pass on in front of her. So that is the summary yeah. of this yeah. chapter. So let's just get right into it. This is the second time we entered or exited a chapter with Farah in the middle of a dream. Yes. Faceless woman dream, I wrote down. Uh, Red fingernails. How does she know this detail of this faceless woman? I don't know. Because it's like the face is all fuzzy, but then you see like the hands coming at you. Yeah. Yeah. And she like goes so far as to say I tried to scream, but the blood was bubbling in the mm. shallow wound mm-hmm, of my mm-hmm, neck. Mm-hmm. What a visceral. This is this her. This is this her that we keep hearing about. Um, I'm calling it, obviously. Vera is tied to things somehow. She's tied to things and she's having dreams about things. I don't, I don't know. know. I Maybe don't she's the chosen that. one. She's like, she's a Katniss Harry Potter vibe going on. Who else is chosen? Neo from the Matrix. Maybe she's Neo. Avatar. Or Avatar. The last airbender. There we go. There's one. Chosen one. Mm. Uh I I just this I love when she wakes up and she hears the screaming and immediately harkens back to her hunting skills and she's like, that wasn't a clean shot. Oh. Like there is suffering. Yeah. Yeah. This this chapter was very uh, evocative it was very powerful it was very well done it was extremely show don't tell on the show side um yeah it was great it was great it was heartbreaking i think the 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 um very repeating like she took my wings she took my, my wings. wings she, she took, took my wings. wings it's like heart heartbreaking i can hear it and just hearing that repeat the whole way through oh and that's all he oh. says yeah that's it. Like the whole chapter, we mm-hmm. we find out he's kind of like um, blue and like goldish, transparent, and has this inky black hair. Um, and like Feyre is describing him like a painter would. Yes, she says she couldn't paint him, but she is describing like very fine details about him, and he is just like mourning the entire yeah. time. Yeah. Um. I feel like this kind of disrupts our emotional talking, but like my head when I was reading went to the X Men mm-hmm. in two parts because his description made me think of Nightcrawler, Nightcrawler exactly. But then the wing part made me think of that part in X th- X Men Three where the kid with the wings cuts off his own wings to because he has like the mutant hating dad. Ugh, mm-hmm. uh, I don't know. It was too converged in my mind, and I. It just with the description, so yeah, it made me think of the beginning of the Maleficent movie, mm. the live action where the like 
prince like cuts off her wings because the king or the knight or whatever because the king wants them Mm -hmm. um and i was just thinking about how devastating that was for angelina jolie yeah (laughs) i I mean it's it's so distressing part of your body right you're losing a body part yeah it's it's horrendous it's It's like Mm -hmm. i mean it's you because it's you becoming a paraplegic to your kind and And having to grapple with that doing it and then just like not killing you just like cruelingly cruel cruelly yeah cruelly letting you die yeah and like dumping and painfully dump like we find out this is a summer court fairy Mm-hmm. Um, jumped over the border jumped over the border like what mm-hmm. is happening mm-hmm. so Feyre's understanding that she is like a multi multi-court she mm-hmm. which we didn't know right. yet um we also find out Camelon's healing magic is dampered he yes. can't do it and maybe he can take care of himself but not others which also kind of ups your stakes it does it seems like he's been like almost all powerful compared to everybody else but it's actually not and even Not the case, even this is so distressing. Like Lucian can't stay in the room. Mm-hmm. He actually mm-hmm. vomits and leaves. And when you first read the chapter, obviously the subsequent chapters explain. But first reading this chapter, you're like, he's the captain of the guard. Yeah, it's like get it together, bro. But then it kind of comes together. Yeah. I mean, you also see that Feyre can handle herself in an emergency. Yeah. She's not squeamish. She's like, okay. I got this. Which, I mean, it's who she is, honestly, um, through everything in the book, from her beginnings to as a hunter to when we see her fighting or navigating all these other situations. Fae, yeah. she's, not, she's not easily frightened. That is not her MO. That is not her character weakness. Right. It's not yeah. that. <laughs> sure, sure, sure. I mean, I love that she jumps right in and mm-hmm. holds, goes to hold his arms down. And, like, Tamla's definitely tentative about letting her in on this moment. Um, but she she starts soothing the fairy. Yes. Like, You'll get him back. It's okay. And she says, the first mm-hmm. vow I knew I wouldn't keep. Like, mm. And we kind of learn that they have the she at least has this same fear about the afterlife like she doesn't know what's actually gonna happen right she just thinks she knows we got a fairy prayer in there i love it i copy and pasted it because i love it and it's not the last time we'll hear it in the books um so tamlin does this prayer and marjorie Mm -hmm. you mentioned you love religion in these types of scenarios i was gonna say i love religion in world building Just mm-hmm. make sure it's in that context right. when we say it. <laughs> so um, Tamlin says, Cauldron save you, mother holds you, pass through the gates and smell the immortal land of milk and honey. Fear no evil, fear no pain, go and enter eternity. Mm-hmm. And knowing, knowing that um, Sarah is Jewish, this land of milk and honey, that's Canaan. Yeah, I... I was thinking about that because there's several times they mention like go to hell or kind of similar statements mm-hmm. where I'm like, is there hell in this world? Is it, you know, like how does that fit into the world building? But I mean, it kind of is England. It's kind of, you know, if you yeah. look at the map, so does it kind of have some elements of our world understanding of religion plus this or you know, is it going the Tolkien route where it's like, this is just a translation and hell is the best word to refer to. You know that in Lord of the Rings, it's supposedly a translation. From the, from, from the elfish, some, yes? It's supposedly a, a translation from an old or older language. But yeah, anyway, um, like this fake sort of found fantasy thing. So it's like, maybe it's going with the, the ant, like, here's the word that 
from our world that means the most closest thing. Am I overthinking it? I just think because they actually brought up religions different from like Christianity because Judaism doesn't even have hell. Right. That I'm like, where does hell come from? <laughs> yeah, I think I think that, there's a cauldron, but there's hell. I think she's using it as a turn of phrase. They definitely confront more of the afterlife later in these books mm -hmm, mm -hmm. so we'll get more of an understanding of what the afterlife is and that goes to say for all of the mass universes they have more of a discussion of like what is going on after you die okay so that's mm -hmm. future talk but i don't that is to say that you might be overthinking the word hell a little bit i mean i overthunk calma last week yeah so. it's okay i was it's just okay. curious about it yeah. i'm paying attention good um so this this fairy passes away. Mm -hmm. I all the imagery is great in this chapter that the blood goes it cold. It was another really just ugh, chapter. Yeah, it's, I don't it's, even have a word for it. I'm just like, it's beautiful. And mm. I mean, at the end, they walk up the steps. Feyre's talking about how they're tracking blood up the steps, mm -hmm. and um, Tamlin uh, is pretty much like, "Why?" And she said, "I wouldn't want to die alone." Oh, yeah. And I think that that is, like, you are learning about Farah, but you're also seeing Tamlin learn about her because he's like, you killed my friend. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, like, why mm -hmm. do you care so much about this fairy? Right. Well, she does apologize. She does. She does. I think it's hitting her. Like, these, these fair, fairies have been humanized to her now. Right. And it's like, they're not all one and the same. Mm -hmm. They're not all the thing that goes bump, bump in the night. Right. You know, they're, and, and, I mean... There's also, like, this whole idea of, like, survival instinct. It's, like, when you're in survival mode, you don't have time to care that deeply. But she's safe. I think I talked about this a few episodes ago. But she's feeling safer now. And then that has to make her think about these other needs. Like, it's, like, the hierarchy of needs. Like, these are people and I care about their well-being in that general sense of even this purse fairy she doesn't know. It's, like, I don't want this is too horrible what's happening yeah mm -hmm. i i just i cannot get over this chapter every time i read it i'm mm -hmm. like it's gut-wrenching it is it is it is because we don't see this fairy again we do end up spending some time in summer court um but we don't see this fairy or a fairy well, like it again they're dead so. yeah true um but every time i think of blue fairy i definitely like you said you thought a night crawler i thought of the blue fairy from pinocchio okay yeah yeah yeah. Uh, i thought of the pixies from harry potter the mischief makes making yeah. pixies yeah. <laughs> but I, I tried to look up a fairy that looks like this blue with wings black hair sharp teeth and there isn't like it's, a I, that's it's Nightcrawler has like the pointy ears it's exactly and the right teeth. Yeah. other than the wigs he has a tail though yeah but I was like I think it you're made right. me think so much of Nightcrawler and Nightcrawler's realize. Russian yes no what what is he he's like uh Eastern, Europe European. Eastern European in some way okay maybe Estonian I think he's I think he's German Kurt, oh, his name oh, is Kurt oh, oh. Wagner okay yeah, I just, I knew it's not American. Yeah, so, I think. So that's not Eastern Europe. No, yeah. it isn't. Central. Central Europe. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I think it, it's, a, that was a very interesting call out that I didn't think of. But now, yes, that's exactly what I'm picturing. A very mm -hmm. humanoid yet otherworldly person. Yeah. Yeah, very, very mm -hmm. good. Mm -hmm. Okay, you have a quote? I have three quotes. Oh, And they all man. tie together. Okay, go. They're you thematically. Go okay, first. I'm going to go through all three. All right. Tamlin's green eyes flickered, and I knew right then that the fairy was going to die. Death wasn't just hovering in this hall. It was counting down the fairy's remaining heartbeats. Mm -hmm. And then my second one is, 
I didn't know how long it took for a soul to fade from the body. And then the last one is there was nothing to be done against this enemy, this fate. Yeah. Be- it's beautiful mm-hmm. beautifully written and the quote you said about death wasn't just hovering in this hall at the beginning of the chapter she's walking down the stairs in the black and white checkered staircase that now <laughs> i know about and she's like death was hovering in the hall so after she goes through the experience she's like it's not just hovering there mm-hmm. it is here it is counting down right it's ca- and you, we know you love a countdown based on last <laughs> episode um uh, yeah I wrote uh, a quote that is intermittent. I think all of mine are direct quotes this week, which I find funny because I don't usually think they're the most beautifully written. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's the fairy speaking and then Feyre thinking in her head as it happens. My wings! His glossy black eyes wide and staring at nothing. She took my wings! Mm. Ugh, I love this chapter. It's so mm. good. Mm. That's poignant. And I, the the audiobook, if anybody hasn't listened to the audiobook, the voice actress is does this just so much justice. So much justice. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. So let's get into chapter 18. Bit of a different mood in this chapter. Very different mood. <laughs> um, I titled this chapter there's something there that wasn't there before perfect that's what this chapter is i titled it crisis counseling oh okay (laughs) there's two elements to this chapter that goes down okay so let me do a bit of a summary of so fair is trying to make it work more like she wakes up and she's like let me be more positive about these people they the trio of them all three, Lucian, Farah, and Tamlin all go on a big ride Harry, together. Harry, Ron, Hermione, got it. Yeah, they go and hang out. Oh, I, I skipped a note. She's waiting for the paint stuff, but she doesn't want to ask about it because that would be insensitive, which good call. She says, is it vulgar? Good call, girly. <laughs> but also, it's like, if you're like, oh my god, I just need something to do than sit around and think about it, like, I understand. Sure. Like, good call, not asking. Yeah, anyway, yeah. but then they go on a little ride. And they hang out in this beautiful glen, which might be of significance. And then they, Tamlin and uh, Feyre go down. Good job, Talon, pulling the whole thing where you're like, let's do a group hangout. Oops, now it's a date. We ditched someone. (laughs) Like, okay, I see you. They go down to this beautiful silver pool that's actually filled with starlight. And then um, we get some of Lucian's, Lucian's tragic backstory. And then um, they kind of go swimming and there's like some hand kissing and some flirting. And it's like a, there's, I put in my notes, actually a nice conversation between these two. Yeah, bad <laughs> communicators, bad communicators, um, good combo. We learn about a little bit more details about Feyre's father's backstory with the debts, which I feel like it puts him actually in better light. It's like yeah. not his fault. It's like a, a, a legacy and he inherited. Um... And then as they're riding back, there's a Lucian and Feyre moment where we kind of learn about the backstory of the surreal hunt where I was kind of right but kind of wrong with my prediction. Yeah. All right. That's my summary. I kind of editorialized it a little bit. Now we can talk more in detail. I love it. Um, I I love that she gets up and she's like, field trip time. Yeah. I think it's great. Uh, Or Tamlin's like, field trip time. Mm -hmm. But (laughs) like a picnic. Mm. I like the idea that they bring a blanket and she's like, no, I'll sit on the grass. Yeah, she's like it's too soft. <laughs> like, look at this green grass. Yeah, what what a human thing. Yeah. Um, 
But I think I think Lucian has a lot of couth here as well about when he should and shouldn't hang back. And I this is something I don't know. I don't know whether Tamlin and he plan this or Lucian is planning and Tamlin is planning and they're planning separately. Um, and we never quite find this out. So yeah. once you know the whole story, you might have more ideas about it. But what would you think as bros? What's going on? Honestly, I feel like Tamlin needs the distraction today. I feel like he also went something through kind of traumatic the night before. So he's like, we need to go on a ride. And he just picked his pals. Right. And then, <laughs> and it's like, I want to go to this place and then I want to show Feyre this place. Like, so I think... He recruited Lucian, Lucian and Feyre. I just have a hard time seeing it the other way around. Yeah. Lucian's like, do this. And then um, Lucian just like, I feel like he's just like, yeah. You're right. It does seem like a comfort thing because he says, this is the place I used to come when I was a boy. Mm-hmm. Five billion years ago or whatever, <laughs> whatever it is. It is. <laughs> I have a question about that. Sure. This, that came up with this chapter. Um, how do you feel? About the genre trope of, like, the immortal dating a mortal. That's really, like, what, like, I, I have opinion, but I want to hear your opinion first. So I have some, I have some very hard opinions on this based on the book. So, like, in a book like Twilight, where he is 100 and she's 17, seems very weird because they could have potentially been alive at the same time. But I think in a world where everybody mm-hmm. lives hundreds of years, age doesn't matter as much. Yeah. So I'm agreement. I'm not in complete um, say like, oh, my God, the age gap is so weird when someone's an immortal. When I'm like, I feel like the idea of someone being an immortal is like they kind of are in suspended animation at some point. It right. It feels like they don't just keep getting older. They always kind of like stop when they're hot. We all know, right? They stop at like a good like 30. 33. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. <laughs> in their 30s. Hot 33. And so I don't have a problem with that in in all elements. Um, and then, of course, if you have it and you deliberately make it like maybe this teenager is an immortal, but they never really emotionally develop beyond being a teenager, then I can understand them like dating another teenager if they're never quite mm-hmm, mentally mm-hmm. like they're like, I got stuck at 16 and I still. I'm 16. I'm still 16. I'm emotional. I'm hormonal. I'm everything that is a 16-year-old. I won't develop beyond 16. Right. But then this one, I'm like, I'm not going to be too judgmental because it's fantasy. It's romance. Let's have fun. I'm not going to think too hard about it. But I was like, she's 19, and he's like 500. (laughs) Yeah, but I was like, he feels like he should be dating like a woman who's like 26. Like, Like, like if you're going to date a mortal woman maybe not a 19 year old yeah 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 yeah. absolutely I think I think it is it is very it is very interesting because I I do have those drawbacks of like I am 37 and I don't even like 19 year olds right shut the fuck up so but like also it's a book it's a story it's fun so I don't like in my head yeah. I'm like okay I'm gonna put this over here like, sure I don't care but also I'm like if you're gonna be an immortal who's like a full-grown adult like at least date a full-grown immortal adult woman I guess wait till you <laughs> meet the full-grown adult women in these books because they're not all that either oh, they're not all that either okay it's so, just a slim pickings about Sarah her. J Mass does a great job of writing flawed women okay which I truly I, appreciate 
I, I just needed to insert this conversation because I, think I was conversation. really thinking about it during this chapter yeah. where they started being like, oh, look at his hot bod. Oh, a hand kissing. Oh, swimming together in a lake. Hot, super hot bod. Mm-hmm. But he is very respectful of her. No, he is. Like, I gotta, I gotta say, he knows his boundaries. He was I mean, like, he did do the, the group date to actual date thing. To and her, he, but, like, you know, whatever. he was, like, gonna take his shirt off and go swimming. And she's like, I don't want to do that. And then he, like, immediately mm-hmm, stops. Mm-hmm, like, he was mm-hmm. very respectful of what she wanted. Um, let's talk about this Lucian backstory. Right. We find wait, out wait, wait, you... wait. Oh, go ahead. Can I say one more funny, not funny thing about the dating? And then we can move on to Lucian. Yeah. Okay. Because I just feel like this tonal, there's a tonal dissonance. Okay. Sure. My other thing I, I wanted to think of brought up is, is Tamlin a Mr. Darcy? And a Mr. Darcy being someone who's socially awkward more than they're badly behaved. And I think a lot of his behavior has been more socially awkward, like trying to smile and it looks like a smirk or being like, you look okay today. And it's being as an insult. Is he a Mr. Darcy? Does he lack? Because he talks about how he's like, I'm only like, maybe it's this chapter and I'm only like a fighter. And it's like... Or maybe you're just awkward. Maybe I think you're just awkward, my dude. Right now, yes. Okay. I can't speak for book two, three, four, and five. But okay, we'll find out. I, right. I think that yes, right now he is not badly behaved. He is just awkward. Doesn't know how to interact with a human. Has this pressure? Doesn't know how to interact with a woman. Right. <laughs> has this pressure of keeping this person in his home to fulfill this treaty or whatever mm-hmm. is happening. So mm-hmm. there's a lot of levels to this. There's a lot of layers. Yeah. yeah. It's like an onion. Yeah. He's, he's crying. He's been chopping this onion so long. Oh my God. He's falling. Okay. Lucian. Lucian. You were right last week on point with the autumn court. You were like, his room is faulty. <laughs> yes. And it was like, yes, I know. I have like autumn court exclamation point. You were right. You were right. I said he had autumn color. So his dad is the high Lord. Of okay. The okay. Court. It makes it interesting. Okay. So tell me about Lucian. Let's talk it my out. Boy, my poor boy. I know. Um, Baby Luge. So he was sort of like a, like, whatever, like gets along with everyone, goes to different courts. Youngest child of youngest seven child. boys or he whatever. He doesn't care about power. Mm-hmm. He's not going to get in this fight. Apparently, these high fae, they, like, kill each other and scheme to get the power seat. Right, because it's not the oldest son. It's the most powerful son. Right, right. Very, this happened in Stardust, book mm-hmm, and movie, mm-hmm. where the sons were killing each other to get the throne. Right. Um, so he fell in love with this fae. Normie girl. Normie, yeah. fae, Normie, Normie fae. fae. Not, you know, and he's like, I'm going to marry her anyway. And the dad's like, not good enough for you. And then he has her executed in front of him, which is holy shit horrendous and he also got in a big fight with his brother a couple of his brothers and tamlin came to his aid and i guess that's where his eye injury comes from he has some trauma he's got lots of trauma he's got lots of trauma and so he's like you kind of understand his sort of loyalty to tamlin where it's like it's it's like you helped me out and you like respect me and i oh you know it's it's more it's it's a complicated relationship in a good way. Yeah. I mean, it's yeah, not I think just so. like it's I not just so. like um superior inferior. It's not just like oh we're friends. It's like there's a level of like you get it, you get who I am, and also you came to my aid and I owe you, but also I'm still my own person because this is who I am, and it, it's just there's layers to it that make a nice nuance. I love the idea of this youngest child kind of being more free because this is actually the reason Marie Antoinette ends up getting executed. Like 
she was the youngest and then all of her older sisters die of whatever they die of at that point and they the plague she, right and she's like well i haven't been learning french my older sister who just died was learning french and they're like too bad you're going to france and then she's in a foreign country at 14 with people she doesn't know mm-hmm. and doesn't can't understand and then she doesn't know their customs and it just sits at home spending money because she's so fucking bored mm-hmm. off her ass and then gets her head chopped off yep. and i think that was illusion was like i'm young it's the power is never going to come down to me i None don't really matters. care about it i does i don't care mm-hmm. and then he ends up falling in love and his dad's like sorry you actually have to care which we learn more about his dad and brothers so i don't want to go too much into it but all right they're cruel it's a cruel court and autumn court is not equivalent (sighs) to spring court yeah it's a different court i I, maybe some listeners will understand this reference it's also remembered reminded me of a backstory of a character in the manga fruits basket because there's a it's a whole it's not a fan well it's fantasy but it's like urban fantasies like mixed into real life right because there's one of the characters where it's like there's like a whole family that have like a curse and he falls in love with a normal human and then the person who's the head of the family like freaks out and he gets his eye injured so he's like blind in mm. one eye and the other girl doesn't the love interest doesn't get killed but she's like so traumatized that that relationship has to end and i was like it's the same backstory as the hattori from fruits basket right here <laughs> with lucian so i don't know that's interesting. It stood out to me. I, I mean, I also think of his eye a lot like Scar in Lion King. Like, you were the second brother, but Scar Mad-Eye is Moody. the opposite. Yeah, Mad-Eye <laughs> Moody. Definitely the Mad-Eye Moody eye. Scar is the opposite. Scar wanted power. Mm-hmm. Um, and Lucian does not, and that's why he ends up in this precarious yeah, situation. Yeah, his wound is on his outside. Right. His trauma is on the outside. But he's a great guy. No, he is great. That's why I don't think he's going to be that good anymore, despite his name being close to Lucifer. Yeah, I changed yeah, yeah. my mind. Um, good. You can totally change your mind. Um, I wish more people knew that in society mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that you can respectfully change your mind. Um, I also here's what I was thinking. This pool of starlight reminds me so much of the lake in the Raven Cycle. Like I just oh, kept thinking it. I was because it was water. Yeah, I was googling pools of starlight, and I couldn't. I was like, why does this seem so familiar to me? <laughs> and I was like, oh, I've read a book like that before. That's why. It's just a great lake. <laughs> yeah. I just, that, that's what hit me. I was also thinking about how when you, she drinks the water, it makes her eternally happy. That's kind of like Felix Felicis, a little yeah. bit of Tuck Everlasting. Mm-hmm. Like there's a lot of stuff going on and magic water. Water's magic. I mean, we needed it to survive. No wonder. Sure. Uh, I love, I love that she's like, I don't want to be eternally happy. And he's like, what will make you happy, Sarah? Yeah. That's <laughs> so cute. It's good. It's a good. Yeah. I do like that they point out, because she hasn't smiled or told a joke yet. And this is where she was oh, yeah. like, she makes a let, couple me, jokes. let me brush you and give you a treat. That's adorable. She's, she's. She's like, she's you're like, she's going to make jokes, but also they're jokes at their expense. Yeah. Like, <laughs> you're great. a puppy dog. You are a puppy dog. You stupid high Lord. I love it. Mm-hmm. I love it. And then finding out that Lucian could potentially one day be a high Lord. Mm. Like if everybody in the autumn court was to die out, she is surrounded by powerful men. Yeah. Which what we know of that is it makes a powerful woman mm-hmm. <laughs> when you just go and outshine the boys. Uh, I love it. I, lo- I think day. it's fun. Day after day. So I do have to say, um, Anna and Anne's 
because there's a lot of beautiful nature descriptions. There are five this chapter. There were none the previous chapter. Nice. At least none that I noticed. Maybe I was just so entrenched in the story. Yeah, I had one paint, one vomit, and now I'm on one paint for this one. Yeah, yeah. About the grass. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. The grass. But I yeah, so. It. And then, of course, at the end of the chapter, we have Lucian and Feyre talking. Also, did Tamwood have the right to tell Lucian's back- tragic backstory? I, I, or is it like I give you permission? In a- I think it's the kind of thing where you know how your friends tell you things about their life and you know when they are and are not comfortable about it. Mm-hmm. I think Lucian's story is widely known because he's a famous person. Okay, so it's like, let me give you the context. Right, like here's the context you need for to why know, Lucian acts you need like to this. know this. Okay, all right, all right, all right. However, when she rides with him on the horse and she starts talking about the surreal and his back straightens, it's like mm-hmm. he knows Tamlin's close enough to hear and he's like, shit, Farrah, come on. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I I was like, hey, that's kind of what like I predicted. So yeah, I but was he happy about it. he gives her a knife at the end of the chapter and says, "Don't put it in my back." That's Ugh. so sweet, and it's so odd brand. <laughs> <laughs> Very on brand. Very on. It's brand. great. Um, quote time. Quote time. Okay. Um, you go first. Okay. This is Feyre talking when um, they're talking about her uh, feelings. And she says, I've had enough of that lately. Enough of a girl enchanted in ice and bitterness. That line stood out to me as well. That wasn't the quote I picked, but I I, it was it. one I really noted. Okay. Because I've been there. I've been mm-hmm. there when it's like, mm-hmm. okay, shake it mm-hmm. off, Allie. Mm-hmm. I, and then she, she references it. Maybe in the next chapter mm-hmm. about being un uniced or mm-hmm. ice breaking. Yeah. So it's like pool. Melty ice, melty ice, baby. Um, I didn't pick a full quote. I just picked a line. Um, it's only actually five words, but I really liked it. And it was shimmering tufts of dandelion fluff. That's very nice. That's like it's very poetic. Shimmering tufts of dandelion fluff drifted by. And then there's a whole bunch of other sentences. And then there's an and, and, and in the later part of that sentence. So that's why I couldn't use the whole thing. <laughs> um, but uh, I literally loved the wordplay there. It was like that other one about the creeping blah, 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 blah from a couple chapters ago. And mm-hmm. we both liked the same one. Yeah. It's the, the words working together so well. Yes. Beautiful. Mm-hmm. So that's my chapter. Yay. Chapter 19. I named mm-hmm. this, I've got gadgets and gizmos aplenty, dot, 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 but I want more. So we both had a Disney chapter song this <laughs> time did. that we full out sung. All right, this one I called flirtation games. Ooh, <laughs> very fun. So that was mine. All right. Okay, so for a summary, Farrah gets her paint supplies. She gets into the gallery. She paints for weeks on end, and then she's like, fuck i didn't realize like that i still miss my family and Mm -hmm. maybe he gave me these paints just to distract me and then she gets all moody and Mm -hmm. goes for a walk in the garden a meander what might say a meander (laughs) in the garden and um then it is just tamlin trying to make her positive and then there's a bad guy fairy and that, yes. that is the summary this is of the chapter. chapter. Okay, okay, okay. Got a lot of painting. I did write time skip. So much. But this is a first time skip. This is our first full time skip yeah. other than her falling asleep on the horse for yeah. two days or whatever. Yeah. yeah. I mean, this is like a more significant one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Very, very big jump. Uh, he's taking her to a remote part of the castle. Hashtag West Wing. Um, the, 
And she is just blown away by the art. She's like crying because mm-hmm. of the painting. Oh, you gotta love some things in life. Cheeks are <laughs> wet. Uh-huh. Cheeks are wet. And Tamlin's like, I didn't realize humans could feel that much. <laughs> this is him being condescending. <laughs> he her. is. I love it. it. Is. But I mean, we got. Is it this chapter? Next, I think it's this chapter. We do learn a little bit about his backstory, and we it's do. like he doesn't didn't have human friendly relations parents so it's like of course he doesn't quite understand humans he's trying to be a better person but he's still somewhat condescending sure and this is like we learn about all three people's daddy problems in this set of chapters which i absolutely so many daddy issues so many um but when she talks about the weeks passing i love that she talks about going into this like simple relationship with tamlin she's like sometimes we talk and hang out for hours and sometimes we hang out for hours and we don't talk at all and i think that is the best Mm -hmm, kind of relationship mm -hmm. um it's very comfortable but she she goes out to paint and this is kind of like the we get happy 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 the crux of this chapter is she goes out to paint and she gets near to a place i think where she came through the wall and she's like i haven't thought about my family in weeks she has a, an existential crisis She's and like so guilt upset. and guilt. doubt and also is like they don't miss me because they can't they can't well they can't but would they have right who knows they would have missed her hunting but would they have missed her yeah who i'm i'm it's that's, really upsetting. that's the deeper question i think right. is underlying it it's like they don't miss me because they don't know that i'm actually missing but also unsaid you're right would the they trauma. have missed me at all yeah that's a great she doesn't want to die alone i didn't read that into it and that is a great read because that's exactly what she's saying Mm -hmm. yeah definitely um it's very it's very sad and and she starts to question her relationship with tamlin because tamlin thinks he's done a good thing by taking care of her family but she's like is he trying to distract me is he only nice to me for some other reason i don't know about yeah her brain is a puzzling yeah yeah, it's yeah. sad. It happens when you have too much free time on your hands. <laughs> you <laughs> just start having existential crises. Exactly. She gets moody. Mm-hmm. She starts walking mm-hmm. through. Okay, hold the phone. Look at that flock of deer down that hill. Wait, wait. Oh, oh. on the road. <laughs> oh, my God. Okay, okay. I don't know if you're going to cut this or not, but the other night, um, last Thursday when I came home late from work at like 9.30, I pulled into a, the driveway and my headlights hit on that corner. They were right there. They were all right there. And then they just like ran all the F over place, including one who ran like zigzag across the driveway. At least the other ones. And I was like, no wonder deers get hit. Yeah. One at least stayed on the grass. The other ran away. One was like hopping across the driveway as I slowly inched in like no car hit my rear end as I tried to pull in. Yeah, they like uh, went a scatter. They went a scatter. And I didn't want to hit a car, in, a deer in the driveway. And I didn't want a deer to hit me like in Gilmore Girls. But anyway. That would have been deers, yeah. They're they're actually up in the grass now. They're having a they're having their own little party. There's no. We are inches outside of Baltimore City, folks, <laughs> and the amount of deer here is wild. No andrus though. I haven't seen an andrus yet because I am trying to get to Prithian. We haven't seen a coyote this season. We both saw the coyote, but I, I did pretty sure I saw it as roadkill last season. But there's oh. got to be more than one. Yeah, ha- unless it's a werewolf, we no, don't even it, know what's happening. It's it a coyote. Be... Okay. <laughs> 
guys why do you always crush all my fantasy dreams <laughs> i'm not trying to crush your dreams i'm just trying to be accurate okay, okay. this is my problem i'm like the adam ruins everything of any conversation okay. i'm like but actually methods. <laughs> i'll be mass you be methods okay so she goes on a walk in the garden a meander what might a meander <laughs> a meander and she's just picking roses all willy-nilly cut oh her hands yeah up. like what is this reference this beauty of the beast she's reference like, fuck this rose fuck this rose like picking them and then so tamlin like comes and is like oh my dad planted this for my, my mom, mom but also my dad was awful right <laughs> they were mated but i this moment where mm. he kisses her palms i think kissing the top of your hand always makes it's me po- think of disney's robin hood where they steal the gems <laughs> <laughs> well kissing the top of the hand is like polite, polite. kissing your palm intimate intimate very yes intimate. and also gross very... if you haven't washed your hands that's recently. why it's intimate <laughs> <laughs> it's so intimate and he is also healing her hands which we found out is kind of a drain on his magic mm-hmm. but then he has blood on his lips and that's not a turn on for me <laughs> I am not... you're not into blood play <laughs> I, am, I am like yeah i that i don't want any like violence happening All right. could i say something about mating versus marriage yes i got so and i was like what sort of fan fiction am i in because that comes i don't i can't say what if that came from fan fiction for sarah j moss and maybe it's in some corners of fantasy romance that i haven't read but that's straight out of the werewolf fan fiction the omegaverse fan fiction don't ask me to explain what omegaverse is right now yeah i don't have the bandwidth but that is such a supernatural fan fiction trope it is something that is a through line for all of her series and i'm not even necessarily saying she got it from fan fiction but a lot of authors of this generation including myself were birthed from fan fiction mm-hmm. and were influenced sure, sure, so sure, sure. mating versus marriage like being like they're two different things and usually mating having some ties to a supernatural element with be it vampires werewolves destined soulmates is a thing yes and it makes me think of all the time the ross and rachel where phoebe's like they're lobsters they're They're lobsters (laughs) and it's like this is this is a very through line in Mm, her romance where it's like they could be mates or there was someone else and then they meet their mate or they hate each other but they're mates and they get they have this like attraction mm. but they still want to murder each other like this is oh, this is so fanfic all of i mean series. i love fan fiction yes. folk i so don't like at me but it is something but that, it I mean, is she's a trope. our age she's it's, my age I, exactly yeah. i it is a thing i'm i am not so secretly fas- fascinated by and when i see these things that come from fan fiction because it is a very collaborative space where it's like doing the same idea as someone is not considered a ripoff in fan mm-hmm, fiction mm-hmm. it's just like of course someone is going to use this story and people want to read the same story over and over and over again and it just kind of grows from that so it's interesting there are genre and tropes that are very much from fan fiction and not from mainstream media and then sometimes they cross over Usually in like fantasy, romance, erotica genres is where they, because that's what a lot of fan fiction is. Sure. Um, I'm just fascinated by it. I'm what I'm going to say is there it. is a lot of 
sexy Lucian fanfic. So I've got to I got to start writing down the names of these authors so that I can give you guys the names because oh, are they on AO3? <laughs> <laughs> it is. But also, what I will say is um, I am not a person who believes in soulmates. I know you aren't. But I love the idea of mating. I think it is amazing. (laughs) And I don't believe. Like, I just, like, I am such a logical person, and typically I'm very illogical, but in my relationship, I'm like, I could literally feel this way about anyone if I needed to. Well, I mean, all right, um, this is the coming out moment for the podcast, everyone. (laughs) I am asexual or romantic. I am not sexually or romantically attracted to anyone, so the idea that's like, people are destined to... Fall in love or be with someone romantically and sexually is like... No, but also, damn, I want to read about it. Yeah. <laughs> it's like a weird contradiction where I'm like, okay, but it's not really about that. It's about the emotional connection. Okay. Right. <sighs> and like, I, I haven't Listen. dug into this with all of her books mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. because they're not all written yet. They're, no, I mean, they're only because you couldn't physically. <laughs> I physically can't. I can't dig into all of them because they don't exist yet. And but. As, as she aged, she included more sexualities and people like as mm-hmm. she got older. I would love for somebody to mate with a best friend like that Mm. you don't need and she shows a lot of great friendships later on where it's like Mm -hmm. i love this person more than life itself but i'm not romantically interested in Mm -hmm. them Mm -hmm. so i think that that is i think it's going to be an up-and-coming thing as because the mating is explored in all the universes queer platonic relationships is what you're talking about yeah do you know what that is i feel like i might have talked to you about it before okay Listeners, do you know what that is? <laughs> Google it. Google it. Um, I also have this thing I wanted to ask you. There is a moment where Farah is bitching um, about her life mm-hmm, and, mm-hmm. and painting and how she feels guilty. And he says, don't feel bad for one moment about doing something that brings you joy. Mm. I think that is so fucking selfish. If I always did things that brought me joy... I would be a terrible teacher, mother, partner. Like sometimes you can't focus solely on yourself. I I I understand that in theory, but also when you are talking to someone who is like eternally selfless for their family, mm. sometimes you need to ter- you need to teach certain people how to be selfless and you need to ter- teach other people how to be selfish, which mm-hmm. is if you're so bad at taking care of yourself or prioritizing yourself, that's t- that's self-care. That's the whole idea. It's like this is something that brings you joy and favor is so in one side of the issue where it's like my family, I'm taking care of my family. I have this oath. I have to take care of them. I have to hunt I can't even think about painting. I wish I could paint, but I can't because that would be a betrayal to my family because I have to work too hard. It would be a betrayal to my family because I'm not thinking about my family, even though they're safe now. And it's like she is so caught up in that. She has to hear the extreme other end to even get to a moderate place. Mm, mm-hmm. So I think it's... So it's, this is a self-care situation. This is a self-care. Okay. It's a self-care situation where it's like that quote out of context for anybody would make a selfish person just be more selfish. Mm. But to someone who only sacrifices themselves all the time, you need to tell them it's okay to be selfish sometimes. I mean, I struggle with self-care so much because I'm like, okay, what is self-care? 
when I'm waking up in the morning, is self-care sleeping in five more minutes? Or is it getting up five minutes early so I can work out so I don't have to work out in the afternoon? And then I sit there and debate in my head which one I need to do more to take care of myself. <laughs> it is <laughs> so bad for me to try and understand what my self-care is. It makes me want to die. I hate it. Well, you're a maze. <laughs> I'll just say that. I'm a maze of a human. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. So we learn about Tamlin's family. You allude to this earlier. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. His parents were slaveholders. Human slaveholders. Oh. Real Thomas Jefferson's. <laughs> this is a real TJ situation. Um, and and we find out his mom may yeah. have not been that into it because they were this mated, bonded he pair. He kind of felt like forced, which is like already straight off the eye, the cuff of the idea of mates, which should be like soulmates, da, 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 like mm-hmm. little doves. It's like, oh, here's the negative side. Like, what if the negative mates? side of mating is if somebody if you're not if you're not on the same page yeah it's like it doesn't matter because you still are so in love with them like you're so drawn to them i will say not Mm. in love Mm. so yeah i have a lot of stuff about this family backstory he wants to be different from the parents i also this is the line where he talks about is like he's only good as a killer and a fighter and i was like okay 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 boy okay this is a trope this is a trope not bad i'm not saying that's bad but it's like whenever there's a character who's like I'm only good as a, I'm only a killer. It's like, there's always has to be someone to be like, no, you have a heart in there. So I'm, I'm seeing, I'm seeing the story. I'm seeing it project out before me and not in a bad way. I'm seeing it in like two pages. The adder says, even though you only have a heart of stone, Tamlin. I'm like, really? This guy? This guy? guy? I don't believe you. (laughs) I don't believe you at all. Um, yeah, I think, and finding out. That his brothers were older than him, and he didn't want to be High Lord. Him it's and just Lucian, Lucian are, very are little buddies, they're little baby boy buddies. But I think that sometimes that can make you bad at your job. Yeah, he like, wasn't prepared. He was unprepared, and now his whole family's dead, killed he, by an enemy court. He doesn't know less. He doesn't feel prepared either. He really underestimates himself. He thinks I'm a soldier. I'm not a High Lord. He doesn't think he can do this. He doesn't. Um, and I wouldn't say something as broad as like, it's the pe- people who don't want power who most deserve it. But it's like, maybe that's the change we need to see in the world, in the fairy land, in the fairy world. Maybe Go that's ahead. it. That's Go it. Ahead. Snap, snap, snap. Maybe we don't need girl with red nails pulling blood on people's necks. Right. Yeah. Maybe it's something else. We also find out in this conversation, he can play the fiddle. She's like, come on, you're good at something. And he's like, I can play the fiddle. And she's like, all right, bitch. <laughs> Come on. Come on, Tamlin. The fiddle. Maybe. How about I could kill bogs. I can kill the bog. No, that's fighting and killing, Allie. That's the same thing he said he's only good at. <laughs> I mean, the fiddle. Give the devil his due, Marjorie. I know. I'm going to be like, oh, no, I, I kind of have a good dinner party every once in a while. I don't know. So then she sees everybody setting up a village. Like the fire. Oh, fire night. Fire night is a pro. My mic almost went out. <laughs> oh, man. Fire Night is approaching. It's coming, baby. We find out about the Fire Kel- Festival Kel- itself. Kel and Mai. Amazing. Fire Night. This is the celebration mm-hmm. of the vernal equinox, the coming of spring. And this is spring court. So let's go hard, baby. Go hard or go home. And Farah, you have to go home. All right. Yes. But there's a mysterious ass messenger who's invisible. This, an invis- she can't see that this guy the is adder this that's that's the name popped up so that and they mentioned it later so that's the adder what does that mean you you know all the secrets okay 
So I looked up the adder a lot, and I cannot find references to him in mythology. Is it a word that means something, like messenger it isn't. or envoy? This is the classic henchman character. So you're okay. right on the messenger set. This is the henchy, henchy the, boy. The henchy boy to the red-nailed lady. <laughs> I, <laughs> to the she. The I'm glad I repeat everything I say when I'm a little bit wine tipsy. Sure, 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 sure. If I get more interesting as the episode goes, that's because I've been drinking wine. So Maybe we should start. 10 minutes early you need to pregame uh exactly henchy boy let's henchy, go henchy boy the adder um yeah so the adder is i i looked very hard okay, for references okay, okay. to him in other mythology but he is just the henchman fairy all right let's do it yeah he's, he's invisible he's mysterious he's giving a mess threats from the she as i wrote in my notes very coded i know i always again. say i wrote it in my notes but i just think it's funny how i come you say something and i'm like i just wrote down exactly this so well because we we live together and we're sisters i mean yeah it's just funny sister sister uh yeah i don't know i i was very i was more interested in calumni actually yeah it's there well, because it's actually yeah. a Gaelic celebration to bring in summer, but they don't, they're celebrating it as a spring equinox because they have a summer solstice celebration. We'll find mm. there's a, there's a celebration for obviously the courts are the seasons, day, dawn, and night. So they like to have a celebration. They love a zodiac, <sighs> they love a zodiac celebration. So Calumni is this spring one and they mm-hmm. keep referencing it anyway what do you have as a quote right well you thought the adder was scary yeah i was like i'm intrigued they said his voice maybe that's the next chapter they said his voice sounded as if she could hear like the screams of dying people Mm. i was like that is creepy haunting a haunting voice right before i do quotes i had six and 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 two of them two were in Tamlin's dialogue, <gasps> which leads to the theory that Feyre—they're just in Feyre's head. They were in Tamlin's dialogue, and I was like, "Wow, boy, maybe they're meant Learn to some be." Grammar, maybe, <laughs> maybe, maybe that's it. Maybe okay, mates. Let me get into this chapter. Multi, multi series. Where did this little? Okay, I think I had... did. I have more than one. Yes, I did again. Okay, you want me to go, uh, or you want to go? You go. Okay. I don't know why I feel so tremendously ashamed for leaving them. Mm. There are many times, Marjorie can tell you, I'm a family, I'm a family helper outer. There are many times where I feel tremendously guilty when I say no mm. to doing something. Like I, and I, I, in my head, I have to be like, I don't know why I feel so guilty. And I think that Feyre, that, that sentence, I think was very poignant. Mm. I, the one I first one I tabbed here was I never felt satisfied that my work matched the images burning in my mind. Here she is talking about the dreaded thing, painting. Painting. But I related to it as a writer. I was like, yes, relatable. Um, but to get to things that are more than just not relatable, mm-hmm. I think this was a really poignant piece of dialogue similar to what you had with Feyre, uh-huh. which was all those years, what I did for them, and they didn't try to stop you from taking me. There it was, the giant pain that cracked me in two if I thought about it too long. Mm-hmm. They didn't try to stop. They ah, didn't, more they, family drama. They didn't help. They, they didn't, didn't even, they didn't they even didn't. say please. They didn't try. And that's why she so believed it was her dad because she wanted to believe it was her dad when that um, vision showed up, when yeah. it was that illusion. The puka. The puka. The yeah. puka. Get, puka. That puka. Get that puka out of here. 
Yeah. So, mm. yeah, that slaps. What a beautiful quote. All right. Chapter 20. Chapter 20. What was your chapter name? I called it Another Too Close Call. Oh. All right. So, this also needs details. I called it Fire Fraud because that documentary about Fire Festival <laughs> is called Fire Fraud. So fire Island? Fire Fraud about Fire Island or Fire, fire Festi- Festival. Yeah. Fire Festival and yeah, fire, fire Island. Fire Island is in like New York or whatever. All right. It is Fire Night. The drums are summoning. And boom, as boom, I boom, said, boom, 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 uh, well, Tamlin appears shirtless to go down and contribute mm, something to the his festival. Baldric. His sexy um, baldric. Tara is supposed to stay locked in her room. Of course, she's the protagonist, so she does not. I can't even get too mad at her with her because, of course, this is a story. What you going to do but not go to the, the third forbidden third floor? Of course you got to go. You have All to right. go. You have to go. It seems like a big bonfire party at first. She's like, what? This is what I has been forbidden from. We see some fae without masks we so also, from other courts. Other courts are coming in because you come to spring to celebrate spring, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm, that makes mm-hmm, sense. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I will also say this chapter cuts off in the middle of Kalamnai. So we are like, oh yeah, we're on a, a cliffhanger. We're a full cliffhanger. And she is then there. She is discovered as a human and she is grabbed by three they who are dragging her off to do horrible things and they're very excited that she's a human at calumni i find this very interesting there's something that's supposed to happen and then she is saved by a stranger maybe Mm -hmm. i have some theories it is a stranger okay and he pulls the like oh hey babe there you are like move a like perfect the perfect little move. like the, yeah bar move and, and, and then i've been looking for you i've been looking oh, for you babe oh there you are yeah and then cliffhanger that's it that's the chapter that's the whole chapter that's the whole chapter i like that she's down there and she she does say in this chapter that there, she keeps seeing fairies well out of the corner of her eye, but she can't see them straight on. And she out loud says, "I've been glamoured like my sisters." Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So now we know that there's something going on with all these shimmering fairies that she's not quite seeing. Very nice. I like that a lot. I like that there is this, like, drumbeat. I can feel this in my soul. There's fire. There's shadows. There's people wearing cloaks. They're swaying to the music. This is very druid to me, you know? Like, it seems very, like, like, ethereal. Like, where's the Stonehenge? Show me the Stonehenge. Mm -hmm, I love mm -hmm, this mm -hmm, moment. mm -hmm. Very fun. I'd go. Would you go? I'd fucking go. Are you kidding me? I mean, I feel like they probably have some really good booze. Really good booze. Um, some music, some dancing. The bonfires sounds like a party. Yes, it does sound like a party. <laughs> um, I really love this bar moment at the end. Oh, it's like it's classic. It's it's very like I was like, hey, I recognize this moment. <sighs> I'm full smiles. You on have it. a face. Well, it's because this. This is an important moment, but I love this is the sexiest man she's ever seen. She says out loud, the sexiest fairy head. She says out loud in the narrative. Outside in her head. Sexiest man I've ever seen. The most beautiful man I've ever seen. There you are. I've been looking for you. Mm. Thank you for finding her for me. Okay. A magical moment. 
I love it. All right. But there's nothing else here. There's nothing to talk about. It's all speculation at it's this point. It's a very speculation it's chapter. It's a short chapter. Five pages. Sets the, sets the scene of this party. Yeah. Um, and now it's really just, what's there to dig into? There's not a lot There's to dig into. Only predictions. I think this is where a lot of our predictions have to come from. It, well, they do. Very good. I think a lot of my other things have been satisfied so far, or I've predicted already. Um, so should we do, should we commence with the quotes? I mean, my quote is just, there you are, I've been looking for you. It okay. is my favorite quote in this whole book. Oh. Mine was, there was a string, a string tied to my gut that pulled me toward those hills, commanding me to go to hear the fairy drum. Well, Marjorie, she references the string tied to her gut two times in that chapter. Mm. I counted those out. She has a need to go there. She has a need. Well, she's being, there's like magic. It's like Pied Piper magic. It is summing her. And Tamlin plays the fiddle. All right. Devil goes down to Georgia, baby. You know, looking for a soul, looking for a favorite to steal. All right. Do we do our ratings first or the predictions first? Let's do some predictions first. Let's do some predictions. So I have a okay. couple things I want to ask you. All right. We know that mm. another court killed Cam- Tamlin's family. Right. Do you think it is autumn, winter, summer, day, night, or dawn? I don't think I have enough information to make that Take conclusion. Yes. Um, I'm not going to say autumn because I feel like it's there's already some too close baggage. With it's too back with Lucian. All right. And that's the opposite. No, maybe winter's the opposite. All right. Winter, summer, autumn, autumn, night, day, dawn. Mm. Night's not a good option. Why? I don't know. Night, dark. So you think they did it? I don't know. Or you think they didn't do it? I think that's suspicious, but I was also wrong. No, I think that's a good prediction. Why not? If night is the scary one. I mean, we don't know anything about any of the other courts but autumn right now. That's what a prediction is. I don't like a prediction that's not based on good evidence. No guesstimation. Come on. All right. Okay. I think we're going to learn about the other seasons first before we learn about those, though. Perhaps. Is Tamlin going to find her at Calumni? Oh, eventually. Okay. Uh, Who is this guy that stopped her? (laughs) (laughs) This, okay. So at this point in the story, Feyre and Tamlin are starting to get along. So that's the perfect time to enter a complication. I think this is another prong to a love triangle emerging. Bad situation. A bad situation. I also think this person is going to be a foil to Tamlin. He's going to be more obviously charming. Um... Maybe romantic. I'm keeping my face neutral. Keep talking. (laughs) (laughs) He's going to be that, but maybe he has more of a hidden dark side where Tamlin's awkward, but actually he's kind of a good guy, really. Um, So I think it's going to be like a switcheroo like that. He is going to be a love interest prong, but the wrong one this is my favorite <laughs> life I, I, I absolutely i'm either absolutely right or absolutely wrong but given yes. ally's reaction <laughs> you, are, you are doing pirouettes around the truth baby <laughs> like, it's like so right and wrong at the same time it's beautiful i love it it's my favorite thing i i think everybody listening is screaming 
I mean, this is like looking. It's a bunch of narrative guesses. Obviously, but this it's guy the has... best part of a show like this. Is that... I know, but I don't like being wrong. I want an A plus. Give me an A plus. <laughs> you have an A plus. This is a great guess. It's, okay. I think it's a good guess. Another I mean, question. That's, that's what I think. What is this fairy ritual they keep alluding to? Are they sacrificing a bitch on an altar? Like, what is happening? I mean, I thought they were just going to sexually assault her in the woods. To be, well, those to be guys honest. maybe, but they. Tamlin keeps saying we have to rejuvenate spring. I feel like Tamlin, with that shirtlessness, like he's doing something. He has to do a ritualistic fight. He's involved somehow. Ooh, like a Black Panther ritualistic. Like some sort of fight. There's going to be some bloodshed. He has to be involved. He is the High Lord. Maybe... Maybe he has to defend off contenders. Maybe it's a, like an Aslan situation. I don't know. But I think it's something in that reign. He is, he is, he's endure- very involved. He's involved. Okay. He's involved and his shirt has to be off. <laughs> it does. How, any more predictions? Do you have anything else you want to say? You Maybe it's if it's not murder, murder, murder. No, I'm going to say, I think it's mostly murder, murder, murder. Okay. Fight, fight, fight. Blood, blood, that. blood. It could be sexy times, but because that seems also very fairy things. Like maybe there's like an orgy he's involved in. But I feel like the book hasn't been sexual enough to this point to like just drop that in suddenly. You never know. I don't know. I don't like your face either. (laughs) (laughs) I am so bad at this. (laughs) Okay. I was like, I don't know what that face means. I don't know what it means either. She has reactions that are either I'm so right or I'm so wrong. And I can't tell what they are. That's because I'm trying to keep all my reactions the same. So either you're really, really right or really, really wrong. (laughs) Yeah. I'm swinging a miss. I love it. Okay. Let's, let's send these people some cheers. Okay. I uh, I am sending five new wings to our dead summer court fairy. Mm-hmm. I just been an even, even number. I mean, four, two, whatever. I want him yeah, flying two. in the afterlife. Yeah. His wings. She took my wings. Um, I'm giving five hugs. Let's repeat that. I'm giving five hugs to Lucian. He needs it. Oh, <laughs> Lucian lost his girl. How many hundreds of years ago did he lose his girl? We don't, don't know. know. How, like we don't 50. know how recent this is. You think 50 years. Okay. That <laughs> no, was probably longer than that, but 50 sounded funny. Okay. Um, I'm giving <laughs> one kick in the balls to Tamlin for being the literal worst communicator. Mm-hmm. She's like, you can't go. You can't go. She's like, why? Why can't I go to your party? Just give her some real, like, Fairy, some of the, you know, the Naga might be there. Like, maybe give her a reason. Give her a reason. Mm, makes me think he's, there's something she, he doesn't want her to see of him. And he's not a very good, because li- he's socially awkward. That would make him not a good liar. Right. Right. I give 2.5 paintbrushes to <laughs> Feyre for reading the room about asking about a prince prize. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's, you don't deserve five paintbrushes for that, but at least a little pat on the back. <laughs> Read the room, Feyre. Okay. That's it. Next week, we're reading chapters 21, 22, 23, and 24 for your delight. And entertainment. And entertainment. And the best part about this is it's four chapters no matter what. So we left off in the middle of Calumni with Yeah, we're just going to leave off randomly. Handsome man we've ever met who's saving you from a bar fight. Like, mm-hmm. what a great guy mm-hmm. who mm-hmm. also might be terrible, Marjorie says. A foil. Tamlin's- a foil. A literary foil. You always wanted to have a literary devices section and I gave you one. Literary foil. Perfect. I got it. 
Okay, everybody. We're going to see you next week. Next week. Can't wait. Bye. You've been listening to a pod of Mass and Methods. We're a sister podcast to Her Story on the Rocks, independently produced by 1986 Entertainment and proudly recorded in Baltimore, Maryland. Join us in the Massiverse by reading along each week. All of our contacts and socials are available on herstoryontherocks.com. See you next week.